so grateful, so thankful, truly. What a deep gratitude I have that we're joining together now. Grateful for the love of God shining in our mind, in our heart, in our life, in our activities. We're breaking free of all limiting thoughts and beliefs, recognized and unrecognized. We're partnering up with the Holy Spirit to remember the truth that sets us free. So grateful to dedicate our time and our conversation to our healing, to our expansion, to the clarity that we desire. We're saying yes to our freedom. We're saying yes to the wholeness. We're saying yes to everything that's good and beautiful and true. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hmm. All right. So uh, as we're diving in here, does anybody have any breakthrough testimonial or breakdown, something they'd like to share with the group? Anybody? I see Lori raising her hand. Hey, Lori. Hi. Well, I have a breakthrough. It is just a miracle, actually. Uh, I did the one assignment that I went through all of the different um, memories that I was holding on to, the resentments, the regret, the guilt. Mm -hmm. And I went through each one of those. And I wrote a forgiveness letter to myself about each one. Yes. And I have, I just, I had so many popcorn uh, episodes of spiritual growth. Um, I, I realized as I wrote them all, I did. I saw myself in an army tank and I saw that I had created all of these little, the, I was in the tank and I had created, the, there was a hole, and one hole was resentment, and the other hole was regret and guilt, etc. And sometimes I'd pick my head, pick my head outside of the, and then I would shut it. And it just felt like I was putting all of these past memories inside and not, um, and just holding on to each one of those segments. So, I wrote about it and it was, I was really free of all those judgments and I freed myself and forgave myself. It, that was beautiful. But the next step was um, writing my aspiration mm -hmm. and reading in the Course of Miracles. For some reason, without all of those memories hanging on to me, I was able to see the ego and the spirit differently because I, you know, we've, I've been learning about the, the um, ego and the projections, but I never really got it until this morning after I did all this forgiveness work. And I just saw that um, the, the ego is, so when I come across somebody and I have a resistance pattern to something, 
I can either drop the ego and be spirit to spirit, or we can have a headlock, ego to ego. And so today, as I was going about my day, I just kept practicing. I called, I have a couch that's only a year old and it has a spring that's broken. And generally my ego would call this phone number and just be on defense immediately. No, I wasn't at all. I just said, let's play with spirit here. I want to connect with their spirit. So I'm on the phone and I just, it just was so easy. It was just so easy to be spirit led but also to connect with their spirit and not have any kind of ego come up so it was a beautiful day and i thank you for the assignment and um you know and so i'm on my way beautiful yes what a what a wonderful demonstration lori and see that's the thing i i, I know i rem i'll never forget one person who was in year one of masterful living who um, it was about April or May of the year. And this is someone who had been um, deeply challenged by a family member that they lived with. And um, they would talk about this almost every week. They'd share in class about how challenging this was for them. And... So one week around late April or something, I said to them, have you done a forgiveness letter about this? Well, no, no, I haven't. I said, okay, you can't talk about it here anymore. <laughs> do a forgiveness letter about it. And so I said, do, I mean, I didn't say that exactly, but I said, so do your forgiveness letter this week and come back next week. Of course, next week, came back miracle breakthrough <laughs> unbelievable right yeah it, it is beautiful it's yeah. really beautiful and i i hadn't ever known how much control i had over the ego yeah i shared a story on saturday and it was so heavy and it was so shameful and uh, in uh, the community call and so it was heavy and so it got me on the start of, I've got to do something about forgiveness. But every time I'd write about a forgiveness in the past, it was so heavy for me because I was coming from ego. But then when I just let the words flow, you know, about my life, I'd l I let it happen. I let the, I regret this and this and this, and then worked the way into, you know, really wanted to let it go. Yeah. And, um, and it just and, and I looked forward to the next word and the next word to get to see them and to rid them. But it's almost like an ugly monster where you've got to look at it. And, yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's like the monster under the bed. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so you have to peek under the bed. And I think that's what I saw with forgiveness is just peeking yeah. under the bed, getting out the next little creature. <laughs> yeah looking at them and then they disappear and I put everything on my altar so once I wrote it I just wrote a little bit of a, um, a beautiful statement spiritual statement about the anger and I put it on the altar to release so that was really beautiful too oh, thank you for sharing that that's yep. wonderful yay Lori so did anybody else uh, take on that assignment like Lori did? Anybody else do that? 
Tracy did. Hey, Tracy. Oh, I don't know why I can't unmute people sometimes. I'll do it. Um, I kind of did it. This is what I, I thought I did it. And just today I was like, oh, I think I didn't. I think I, I was like, I think I was, I started out with the intention of it being a self-forgiveness letter. But then I realized, oh, my gosh, when I went into it, it was like it was about, um, you know, it's about the other people. In this case, it was my siblings. And um, and I spent quite a while on it, but I ran out of time. So I was going to come back to it. And I allowed quite a bit of time. But for me, um, I don't know, these things take longer than they take for you to take. So I have to allow <laughs> an hour wasn't enough for me. Um, and so I didn't get all the way to the sense of um, a breakthrough. And I guess I'll just take this opportunity to clarify because I was like, okay, is this, um, you know, me doing like an ego resistance thing, like not even clear if I did it and, and, and I'm avoiding the words right and wrong right now on purpose mm -hmm. because my ego at first said, oh no, you did it wrong. So it doesn't count. I'm like, I'm no, I'm not going to buy into that, but, but I guess I am. Still not quite sure how to do, how to do this exercise in a way that's a self forgiveness um, versus the other forgiveness. Um, so, can you help me with that, please? Yes, and that is a really great question, Tracy. So, a course in miracles says all forgiveness is self forgiveness. Right. I think that's part of why I get confused because I. I totally get that it's kind of all the same, whether I forgive others or me or me or others, it's, um, it's the same. So, but the letter, the exercise you have an intent about how to go about it. Yeah. And let's look at why it's self forgiveness. So the, the easiest answer is really because we're all one. Mm -hmm. So there is no other. Mm -hmm. That's the easy answer. But that won't satisfy most people. You know, it's like we could get that intellectually, but that's not really going to satisfy us. Mm. So here's a, a longer uh, helpful explanation. So let's say that in a previous incarnation, I was an abusive father. Okay. And I abused my, my wife, my children, and I, I really just thought, you know, my children are there to serve me. And, uh, and I took my frustrations out on them. I didn't care about their feelings. And um, so then let's say in the next lifetime, I have an abusive father. All right. So then in that next subsequent lifetime, I have an opportunity to essentially forgive myself. Because in the previous incarnation, I was the abusive father. And I would say that we would choose in the next lifetime to have an abusive father so that we can forgive ourselves in the guise of this other person. And to see things from a new perspective, to see, it, oh, it's a cry for love, right? That's what I had. I had a cry for love, even though I wasn't hearing the cries for love of my children, 
my abuse to them was actually a cry for love. And now here I am, I'm a child growing up with an abusive parent and I can now answer the cry for love. And so, um, and see both sides of the equation and learn from the total experience. Um, and then, you know, maybe in a subsequent, maybe I don't. Maybe I hate my father. Maybe I kill my father. Maybe I get out of that house and I never go back. And uh, my father sobers up and regrets everything and <clears throat> longs for me to come back and forgive him. And I won't. I, I Now I'm going to torture him. Because I'm really torturing myself out of self-guilt for what I did. Unforgivable. Can't forgive him because I can't forgive myself what I did in my previous incarnation. And um, so then I go, let's say I go to my grave, I'm not forgiving. And then in the next lifetime, maybe I become some kind of social worker, helping children who've been abused by their parents. Who knows? We don't know. Or maybe now I'll be the spouse of someone who, uh, or maybe I'll be the parent of someone who abuses their children. We don't know how it all plays out. But I think you can get a sense of how it really is that it's we're forgiving ourselves. Mm -hmm. Perhaps in another incarnation, you behaved as your siblings are behaving. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But we do know we're one with everyone. So so as I write the letter um, and try to do one as a self-forgiveness letter first, mm -hmm. and I write um, about a resentment mm -hmm. and, and a story that comes up or a memory around a resentment, mm -hmm. and I'm writing, I resent, I'm angry that. Am I supposed to be thinking about what I'm angry at myself about or angry about them or any and all of the above? Yeah. Which yeah, one? At yourself. at yourself. At myself. So I should be going through and saying, I'm angry at myself in this memory about this. I'm sad in regard to myself about this. And then if I'm doing it about them, I'm, I'm angry at, Right. About this. I mean, okay, that's that is where I um, didn't do it as a self-forgiveness letter. But um, but but there was some there's, there's definitely still benefit to this. Um, yeah. It wasn't as big of a breakthrough as what Lori reported, but it was it was kind of beautiful because I felt like for the first time more so than um, in. Um, kind of this current situation has been going on for probably about five, almost five, four and a half years now. Um, I really was able to let my wall down and feel compassion for my brother's um, feelings about this, even though I know I can't fully understand them. Mm -hmm. I just um, finally... And it, it felt really good. It felt really good to be able to, I mean, I, I, I got it at an intellectual level right from the get go, but he was so angry and the way he was expressing and they were both expressing towards me. I, um, I just felt like I had to, you know, protect myself. Um, and, and so I couldn't, I, you know, I made a choice not to, um, be able to feel the 
the care and the compassion. And so that felt good to um, be able to feel his pain and, 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 and then know how much I, I couldn't appreciate his, I mean, I, none of us know each other well enough or have taken enough time to listen to each other well enough to be able to really understand all that we're each going through. And, um, you know, that's part of what, what I would like very much to do. And, um, but, but I, I think I'm usually maybe a little more comfortable with that and my brother's particularly not comfortable with that and so you know to be able to respect that too that, that that's really uncomfortable for him and to even have more compassion for that instead of anger like like why can't he take the time so we can have this talk and just realize you know it's it's very uncomfortable for him to do that and so I felt it felt um really good to have the compassion and, and the recognition of how much I don't know of what it's meant for him to have the kind of father and, and how the relationship was and how he felt hurt in that and how that's contributing to all of this. Um, so that was good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, that, that's really a, a great place that you've come to there, Tracy. And it's, it's a definite step forward mm -hmm. towards healing. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me a little bit of my experience with my mother. <clears throat> so my mother and I had some real challenges in our relationship. And um, I don't know if, I can't, are you familiar at all with the Enneagrams? Uh, very little. Like, um, yeah, sometimes we look at the Enneagrams in year two. I don't think we're going to really look at it this year. But anyway, it's a it's a personality typing system that uh, originated with the Sufis, which is a spiritual tradition, a religious tradition um, that uh, came out of Persia. So Rumi, the great poet, and Hafiz, the great poet, they were um, Sufis. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so anyway, it's so it's a, a very interesting personality typing system that can be very helpful. So um, I I was studying a little bit about the Enneagrams, and I realized that my mom was a five on the Enneagram, which means that one of the things she does is she isolates, and she um, also. Um, she really, she's a brilliant woman, but she didn't understand her feelings. And she wasn't very good at talking about her feelings. And sometimes I'd ask her, um, how are you feeling, Mom? And she'd say, well, how do you think I feel? And I'd say, you know, I don't really know, Mom. That's why I was asking. And she'd be like, oh, don't start with me. And I used to think she's blowing me off. She's pushing me out. And it wasn't until I really um, started to look at the Enneagrams and started to look at some other things and really deepened my spiritual practice to that place of really wishing to forgive everything, to accept everyone, to be holy and completely loving. Uh, 
that I saw, oh, my mom doesn't know how to talk about her feelings. She's not withholding her feelings from me. She doesn't know how to share them. She can say things like, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm annoyed, I'm hurt. But more than that, and she might be able to say, well, I feel hurt because, and she can give you a little bit, you know, I feel hurt because you didn't call me on my birthday. She could come up with something like that. But the the more intricate subtleties that I was looking for, because that's, that's my expertise, is understanding these intricate subtleties of, of emotion and thought mm-hmm. and feeling. She, it was way over her head. She just didn't understand it. And so uh, it took me so long to realize she was withholding it. And I, I'm so glad, in a sense, for that experience, even though it was painful for me for a long time, because I, I took it personally. Uh, I've been able to help so many people, men and women, who are married to people who can't talk about their feelings and who do have have done as I did and take it personally and think they're withholding, they're refusing to talk about their feelings when that is not the case at all. It's just not a language that they have available to them. It's like, you know, um, uh, for a lot of people, if you were going to ask them about music and, you know, say, oh, I love that song. Why do you love that song? I, what? <laughs> you know? And why do you love that song? What is it about that song that's so um, attractive and appealing to you? Well, it's a really good song. In what way? People would be like, I, I don't know what you need from me. I, 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 It's a good song. I like it. I can dance to it. I can sing along. Mm-hmm. It's funky. It's sweet. It's melodic, maybe. But most of the time, people can't say, well, there's this wonderful, you know, I don't know how to talk about music, but it's like, you know, emotions can be like talking about these incredible, incredible subtleties mm-hmm. that are just not, um, for most people, even available. And that is one of the wonderful things that enriches our lives through the spiritual practices. We begin to actually comprehend how thought translates or not translates how thought gets uh, expressed into our emotional body because of our interpretation of those thoughts and our relationship to those concepts in the thoughts and so we start to develop more self-compassion compassion for others so um I think that you're developing that compassion for your brother and his seeming inability to talk about these things. Um, This is the thing that happened for me, and this is really the point. It's a long way to get to the point. But, um, Tracy, my mother and I, we had a total and complete healing, complete, absolutely to the bone healing in our relationship all resentment all regret released forever mm-hmm. and um i had a strong intention around that 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 would happen before she passed and it did well before she passed and uh it didn't happen because we had a conversation or a hundred conversations 
It didn't happen because of anything that happened in the world of form between us. It happened because I relentlessly called the Holy Spirit to help us. And I was willing to give up all attachments to my opinions and my judgments. And um, in the three years between <clears throat> when she passed away and our and when she got uh, the first got the terminal cancer diagnosis, there were many times when I got down on my knees and I said, "Holy!" And this is what I learned so much from. I'd say, "Holy Spirit, I will not think these thoughts. They're not valuable to me." I will not stand for them anymore. I have no interest in them. They're no part of me. I don't agree with them. Please take them out of my mind so I never think them again and heal them back to the root cause. And do the same for anyone else who has these kinds of thoughts. Let us all be free of these thoughts forever. I am a creature of love and light, and that is all I'm interested in. I have no interest in any other kind of thought. Please heal my mind now. I give these to you gratefully. Take them out of my mind. Leave no trace. And doing that, you know, because then I would find um and particularly with like a, a boyfriend that i had for a while that i would have all this judgment all this criticism and i had all these seeming betrayals a boyfriend a friend uh my minister my um just all one thing after another including my mom's cancer and um and so i was just doing that practice day after day after day after day after day many times a day and I just got light, like Lori's talking about. I got lighter and lighter and lighter. And um, and I really learned to stop justifying my attack thoughts because I didn't want them anymore. Because I used to spend hours and hours ruminating on justifying my attack thoughts, um, figuring out how to articulate them in the most cunning and clever way, to have, you know, arguments with people and crush them like a bug with my, you know, carefully worded, um, you know, arguments of how I was so right and they were so wrong and I was so much better than them, but I was going to forgive them because I am so much better than them. And they should be grateful for my generosity. Hours and hours and hours. Or I would just spend hours thinking about how I would just um, cut them to the bone and leave them to bleed out. You know, not not physically, but mentally and emotionally. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not a violent person. Right. Except except with thoughts and words, you know, I was then. Yeah. I think that's the other thing that's shifting for me as I'm doing this work. That's really, feels really good is I don't want to be special anymore. You know, it's, 
I, I, you know, I've experienced what happens with it. Whatever side of specialness I've tried to be on, you know, the, the look good side or the look bad side or the, and I see in my family how it's playing out and just the torment it's causing. And so, um, I feel like like I love, I love how you say I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm just, I'm just so not interested in that anymore. So that's that's a, that's very significant shift. And and when I did that letter too, and and other work I've been doing around this, um, I'm also just gaining compassion for the whole family system and everybody's part in it and all the beliefs that we're all being. Um, you know, the false beliefs that are in our family system that are, I mean, pretty common in humanity. So I don't think my family's special either at all. <laughs> just, but I'm just seeing it in our microcosm, um, that, that's causing so much miserableness, you know. So I, I am looking forward to seeing how God is at work and seeing the kind of miracle that you've experienced. Yeah, and it, it really just, it all lifted out of my heart in a, in a particular experience in, a, in just minutes. I really felt it being lifted out of my heart. It was an amazing experience. And um, what, what was so beautiful was, while my mom and I never talked about it, she, I knew she had shifted too. Wow. And uh, we really both it were free from then on. Mm. And, you know, I'll share another experience um, related to that, which was, um, oh, about 18 months before my mom passed, maybe a bit longer, um, I went to Maine to stay with my parents for like two weeks um, because maybe it was two years before. Anyway, something like that. I went there for a couple weeks, uh, one February, I think it was. And my mom, because my mom was going through a month long series of radiation treatments and she was having them, I think five days a week. Mm. And, um, so it was four weeks. I went for the middle two weeks so that my dad didn't have to go for all four weeks because it was a three-hour drive. Oh, wow. Yeah, because my parents were on the island, and the hospital was 90 minutes away, and it was winter, so sometimes it could be two hours drive, you know, and so it was, it was a lot, mm -hmm. plus the stress of just – my mom going through the radiation treatment. So um, I went for two weeks, and so I did all the driving and took her to the treatments. And, and um, so we were spending a lot of time together in the car, you know, three, four hours, plus waiting room time and all of that. And sometimes we might stop and I'd run into the grocery store or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, so there was a lot of time together, just one-on-one. -on -one. And um, I had made up my mind not to judge her, you know, really to like, I was really zipping it, you know, not expressing that, turning it around. It's a very, you know, a great practice opportunity. And um, 
at the end of the trip. Now, this is in February in Maine, and the two weeks of radiation treat, treatments, week two and week three, and she was exhausted and tired from the radiation and all of that. And um, at the end of the trip, when I was leaving to go to the airport, she said, I think this is the nicest visit we've ever had. Mm. Why? Mm. One reason why. Because I didn't attack her. I didn't try to change her. I didn't try to manipulate her or coerce her. I didn't make her wrong. I was just intent on being compassionate and loving. So even though it was two weeks of going to radiation treatments, she said it was the nicest visit we'd ever had. Mm-hmm. That taught me. Mm-hmm. Taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I really learned because of these kinds of experiences, I do not want to attack my loved ones anymore. I don't want to attack anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. I still feel like it sometimes, you know. I sent the paperwork in three times. What do you mean you can't find it, you know? <laughs> oh, my Lord. I filled out that thing three times. Yeah. Anyway. Anybody? Do I say anything more, Tracy? Um I think only just that I'm also really getting at how the talking in this world of form is many times not not going to help. That's right. Yeah. Many times. And more the giving it over, giving it over to the Holy Spirit. More and more I'm getting. I was really I was really um working with the prayer, you know, I'm not at peace. Um I must have made a wrong decision, but I made this decision so I can decide otherwise. That's really uh in my quiet time this morning, it just um that was my focus. I didn't decide ahead of time, but that's what my curriculum was this morning and I just really got it give it over to the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit will undo the Holy Spirit will undo and um, so every time I start to have a conversation in my head like an imaginary one with my siblings and um, I realize you know this isn't gonna work to the Holy Spirit and um and, and I'm really um you know you said stop saying I wonder if and say you know I, I am and now I am I'm really looking forward to seeing um what the Holy Spirit's been up to right with um as we're anyway moving into this yeah. next phase yeah. and trust and faith yeah. and call forth and believe all that yeah, exactly and it's that thing of you're planting the seeds mm-hmm the right relationship, as Venerable would say. You're planting the seeds of good relationship, of a harmonious relationship. You're planting them in the most fertile soil there is, mm-hmm. your heart. Mm-hmm. And you, your heart is the divine mind. It is the one mind. It really is. You know, you're placing it on God's altar, which is our heart. And God doesn't know how to fail. So the thing we want to do when we're planting these seeds is don't pull up the seed to look at it. You know, don't dig it up and say, are you germinating? Is it happening? Are you growing? Are there going to be, you know, is there going to be fruit this year? You know, 
no, <laughs> instead of doing any of that, just know Holy Spirit's got this. Holy Spirit's got it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm so glad I can rely upon you. I'm so glad that you've got my back and my front, my up and my down. And I just, oh, I love that. I'm so, so grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, uh, you know, that's that's the, what, what I share in the prayer power classes, which we're coming up to in March in the year one class. And so that that really is the, um, the way to go. And uh, it's very tempting to take it off the altar and try, start trying to do something. But you're very wise to realize that the fastest path is through the invisible and not through the world of form. Because when we're trying to negotiate and have conversations and write letters and emails and text messages and things like that, perception gets in the middle of it. And so pain is a wrong perspective and um, it's, it's uh, our perception comes from our perspective, which is a limited perspective. It's a lack perspective. So just giving it all to the Holy Spirit and really I'm here only to be truly helpful and to keep affirming that because you desire it, because you allow it, not only is your family being transformed, your ancestry is being transformed. It's rippling through all the generations of time and through time and space and all the consequences of everyone's wrong decision will be undone. You know, one of the biggest issues I had with my mom was my guilt for all the times I had been unloving towards her. And that's a large part of what got cleaned out of my heart. My self-unforgiveness got cleaned out. And... Um, because our self-unforgiveness, that guilt, that shame, the regret, it stands in the way of us being receptive to other people's love. Mm. And um, I don't remember if I told this story last year. I have a feeling I might not have in the prayer power classes, but it is one that I usually tell. And it's... Um, so when I was in um, the very first class I took at Agape, um, I think it was maybe the second class. Anyway, uh, early on, back in 94, uh, I took this um, class at Agape and we were learning how to pray effectively. And um, I had gone to visit in like September or something, September, October, I'd gone to visit my brother and his family. I have one brother, my brother and his family, where I'm staying now, gone to visit them when they were living in Brooklyn. My brother and I got into an argument about the movie Independence Day and whether or not it was a good movie. And we got into a very, very angry argument about it. I can't even remember how 
it could be. We were with um, my boyfriend and his wife, and um, we just got furious with each other. We were like, F you, F you. I mean, it was crazy. And um, I was leaving the next day to go back to Los Angeles. And um, I said to my brother that morning before he took me to the airport, I said to him, you know, here's the bottom line, Michael. I just don't feel like you love me. I just don't feel you love me. And he took some time to think about it and he said, I do love you. You're my sister and you're important to me, but I do not like you. And so in my heart in that moment, I, I was like, and that's why I'm never going to come back here. You know, I didn't say those words, but I was like, this is my last visit. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not spending any more money and time and energy to come and visit someone who doesn't even like me. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, um, and I was just looking for that reason to um, put up the wall of separation. And um, I'm not sure what that noise is, but um, so uh, uh, so I went back home to Los Angeles, and a few weeks later, I wrote a prayer about my relationship with my brother and having a harmonious relationship, right? And so, because um, the prayers that I teach now, we had to write them out and mm -hmm. hand them in and they'd be corrected and handed back to us. And um, so, uh, and I was maybe a week later or so, I was walking down the street and it came into my mind like a, light going on it came into my mind the reason why you cannot feel your brother's love is because you do not feel worthy of it because mm. you have not forgiven yourself mm. for the things you said and did to him when you were children because he uh when i became like 12 13 years old he really um he was really, really jealous that I was spending more time with my friends and less interested in playing with him, you know, and he got really hurt by that. And I didn't know it. My mom told me years later that he was devastated. And I just thought, oh, my God, why didn't you help us? Mm. Why didn't you tell me that. I didn't know that. Mm. But he had started, like, um, ruining things in my room and breaking my stuff and attacking me. Mm. But I just thought he was just like a crazy monkey, you know? If my mom had said, no, honey, he, this is a cry for love. He misses you. Mm. you. He idolizes you. I had no idea any of that happened. Mm. So um, anyway, so, in, so here I am decades later, and I realized you can't feel your brother's love 
because you do not feel worthy of it because you still haven't forgiven yourself for the times you were mean and cruel to him when you were 12 and 13 years old. And he was doing all that attacking stuff. Hmm. And I immediately said, oh, I can forgive myself for that. I can, I can, I can, I do, I do, I do. <sighs> as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I totally can let that go. And, um, and it was really a big revelation to me. Oh my God, I get it now. That, of course, that's why I can't feel the love. Mm. I still feel guilty. It's the block to love. And I was not a Course in Miracles student then, but it was just clear as a bell to me. So then what happened was, um, so that was like maybe late September, early October over that I had that realization mm. remember if you've heard me say Ernest Holmes the founder of science of mind says the only time that it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization I had that realization two weeks later my brother calls me which that in and of itself was significant that he would call me uh, just to talk with me and he said so Debbie and I have been talking and we'd like to come and visit you at Christmas mm. and bring the three children, mm -hmm. which was a huge expense for them at that time. And I was like, you would? Because he had never come to visit me ever, ever, mm -hmm. ever. Like even when I was in college, and I was an hour away and my parents would come and I, they'd come visit me. I'd say, where's Mike? And they'd be like, oh, you wanted Mike to come? I'm like, yeah, of course. And they'd be like, oh yeah, no, we, we didn't think to include him. We didn't think he'd want to be with him. I'm like, what? Sometimes like I even had theater tickets for the whole family. And they're like, no, we didn't know you wanted him. What? So, I mean, Anyway, um, so when he said, we want to come and bring the kids, I just thought, how is this happening? But I was like, great, okay. Because the last conversation we'd had, you know, was like, I don't even like you. And literally, that was the last conversation we'd had like six weeks before. Mm. So then um, the next day, I remembered about the forgiveness and my prayer and the forgiveness. And so I emailed him and, and my brother doesn't believe in God, but I emailed him and I said, you know, I know this might seem crazy to you, but I just have to tell you that I said this prayer, I had this realization and I think it's amazing that now you're coming and I'm so happy you're coming. And he wrote me back and he said, well, that's kind of interesting because it was two weeks ago, and that's when I had the realization about self-forgiveness. He said, it was two weeks ago that Deb and I decided to come visit you. We talked about it and made the decision, but it took me two weeks to find the time to call you. That taught me it's never about anybody else. It's just about me. 
can I forgive myself for the, the blocks to love that I have held against the people that I'm mad at them for not loving me or wanting to connect with me? I'm the one that put the blocks to love in my heart, known or unknown. Let me release them. Because if I had no blocks to love in my heart, then their rejection of me wouldn't sting. It would just be like, it is what it is. But when it gnaws at us and hurts and burns and chews at us, it's really because there's something in our heart that we are holding that is where we're, it's a constant reminder to let that go. And that's where these self-forgiveness letters can help us bring it to the surface. We don't have to do it, but it's, it's just one of the tools that we have so we don't feel helpless. But it's, it's doing all of these things, placing it on the altar, leaving it on the altar, having faith, affirming that it's happening, and doing the forgiveness letters. It's all of it. Mm -hmm. And recognizing how much we don't know. I mean, until your mom shared with you what your brother's experience was, you didn't know. It reminds me, Dina shared in an earlier session this week that she had a talk with her brother and there was something she had no idea about. Somebody else shared something like that on one of the calls. And, you know, I think that's the other thing I'm realizing. I, I just don't, I, I just don't know what my brother's life or my sister, what their experience has been in our family. And I, I would, I would love to know so we could really support each other, but I may never because it might not be something they ever want to do, but it's wonderful to hear this, you know, how this Holy Spirit can just um, do this magnificent work. And I've experienced that with my father. So I, I do know I've, I've experienced it with my father. Yeah. And my brother and I could not be in the same room together and not pick on each other. For a long time, even after that, mm -hmm. for years after that, it was just, you know, it got, it started to get much better after that, mm -hmm. but it still was an issue. And, um, and then I really knuckled down. I doubled down and I said, this is, I'm taking all of it on. I'm mm. doing this with the Holy Spirit, with God. I am one with God is a majority. So it's happening. <laughs> Yeah, it is one with God is a majority. I love and, that. And, yeah, and love and truth will always prevail. They will always prevail. Mm -hmm. And so I I put all my eggs in that basket, and um, and I was not disappointed. And now I can stay with my brother and his wife for. A month and all three of us are working at home we're wow. here all the time together all day long and you know occasionally he gets a little annoyed with me but I'm just like I let it roll off my back and then he'll come back and say I'm sorry I got annoyed and it's like it's no big deal Mike you're having a human experience or sometimes I get annoyed and then I apologize and he's like that's life living with other people and there's no, you know, animosity. And I feel the deepness of love growing, you know, like the other day he said, um, hey, there's a computer update thing. 
would you like me to do it for you? Yeah, that would be great. He said, give me your phone. I'll do your phone too. I mean, he, you know, he just is really, you know, he's really like supporting me in many ways mm. as um, just a, a loving man in my life. And, um, uh, and it, of course it's mutual, you know, I do things for him. He does things for me. It's, you know, living together harmoniously. Mm -hmm. And it, we enjoy things together. We watch movies together. Or we cook meals together. We do different things. And all of us, you know, the whole family here. And, um, yeah, I mean, 20 years ago, that was unimaginable. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm here to testify. <laughs> Because it was gnarly. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I thought to myself, I am never speaking to him again. I'm never coming to visit him again. It was like every time I would come and visit, I would, mm. I would leave thinking, I think this is the last time I'm doing this. I just can't. Mm. Do oh, I just can't. I can't. I can't. But I didn't give up. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's all because I changed my mind. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and here we have a whole community for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for your, your bringing it up, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Laurie, I'd like to go back to you for a second. Um, so in doing your forgiveness letters, did you have any real insight about how um, your guilt maybe was playing a part in the unforgiveness <laughs> or the blaming? And every single one, I was totally owner. I was the, I was the creator in every single one. Not, not with guilt. I wanted to mention a couple of things that helped me when I was writing them is, um, and I'm looking at, I did um, little notes. I'm on an, a Mac, and so I wrote the little, uh, um, what are they called? They're called uh, stickies, and I just put them on my desktop. But well, I always put forgiving my resentments, forgiving my regret, and I put forgiving my anger so it could guide me. And then there were questions that I put on the side of it, like how do I feel about this circumstance now? And this was in your journal in the journal number one. Right. And then what is the limited belief? And so I guided myself that way as I walk through them. Am I willing to change this belief? And, I'm, and I, am I uh, willing to place this on the altar and leave it? And so once I was able to do that, then I could just get, so I, I tried to hit every single question. So then at the end, I was just totally ready to let that go. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, so I, I just want to read one thing. I just said, life taught me strategies of how to survive and not get killed. I see that the tank is not real at all. I don't even feel like I have to climb out of the tank today. Yes, I can forgive all my regrets. So as I wrote and answered the questions, can I give this to God? Um, and, uh, then it really helped me come to the end of, I just realized that I had choice in all of the, this, in all of it. 
But I, I also wanted to tell you guys, you know, for us that do A Course in Miracles, chapter four, oh my gosh, it's just so beautiful. The ego struggled to preserve itself. And on page 155, this is Circle of Atonement. And I, I don't mean to look like I'm teaching, but this absolutely told everything about all of these forgiving myself. It says, ego can clash in any situation, but souls cannot clash at all. If you perceive the teacher as merely a larger ego, you will be afraid. And that's what I found myself with all of my life is that I've been afraid that there are bigger egos than me. And because to enlarge an ego is to increase separation anxiety. And I've had such separation anxiety. Tracy, as you talk about your siblings, I have separation anxiety like crazy with my siblings. And um, do not engage in this foolishness. And then it says, I will teach with you and I will live with you if you will think with me. So joining with the spirit and thinking with the spirit, I will help to teach you because I've, I've had that separation anxiety and I didn't want to look under the bed for the monsters because I, I just couldn't, I felt like other, other people's egos were bigger than mine and I just couldn't win. And so I just, to unite with spirit, um, it's just, it's such a beautiful feeling. I, I just feel so at peace. And, and I can take responsibility for, for you know, the, the shutdown child that I was in my own life. Like, I, I was a way shut down. Like, my feelings could be hurt so fast, and then I would shut down. And I, I mentioned the tank, but I'd close everything in my tank. And, and um but just to feel that all I have to do is know that if I'm clashing, that uh, it's ego. And then if I'm joining and that there's really no egos, there's not my ego. There's not your ego. I can get rid of that and I can just walk with spirit. Did that answer that question? Yes, I have. But, oh, my gosh, this chapter four is just so cool because we're trying to still live in ego. I have been. And when I can when I walk through all of those different regrets and guilt and anger and fear and shame, I got to walk hand in hand with my siblings, too. As I walked, I walked with my father through them, realizing, you know, that I actually had a choice in my relationship with him and I was pointing fingers to with him. I was like, he does this and he does that and he, he, he. And all of a sudden in this particular format, I was able to say he was just scared. His ego was thinking he was loving us by warning us and by shaming us and by putting a lot of guilt but I was able to really embrace him as I journeyed through all of this, my forgiveness about all of these things that occurred in my life. Mm. It was, it was a beautiful experience. And did you say to do this once a month or what did you say, Jennifer? 
Uh, well, I, here's the thing is to keep looking at, so um, last week we were looking at the, um, the part of the New Year's reboot work, which is also um, in your, your uh, first journal, the section on taking stock in the first journal is what we did as part of our New Year's reboot. So in the New Year's reboot material, that handout, it was called the repeating memories. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, we did the meditation where you come up with um, the 11 different memories, one of blame, one of shame, regret, resentment, hurt, uh, fear, doubt, worry, all of these different ones. And, um, and then what I was asking last week was for you to look at, and we did the breakout last week, for you to look at um, how long you've held on to these and perhaps why you haven't yet done a self-forgiveness letter or a forgiveness letter about them that you're still holding on to them if you've had them for a long time. And to look at in the breakout last week, are you willing to let them go? Are you willing to um, release them? So then um, in, uh, and I said, uh, what I'm going to suggest that you all do is write a forgiveness letter for each one of them in in the week and um and then you know i i would keep taking stock uh, of course keep because it's what it does is it drains off your energy and it also these are the blocks to love that prevent us from being available to our intuition to the insight and also to even to things like the healing of our physical body yeah oh i see I um, this also after finishing this, I was able to complete my aspiration, my intentions, my goals. It just it it released it. I didn't have all of these heavy. I didn't have the heaviness to who I was. I had the lightness, and I I could see where I wanted what I wanted. Right. So it was. It, it's really it's really made a huge difference. That's great. Yeah, and for those of you who are interested, we, we uh, I thought we would start talking about contracts this week, um, and I was gonna, uh, I am gonna have us go into a breakout here in just a minute, and but I'd like to invite you in this breakout to also just share. Um, either your results of doing the forgiveness letters. It seemed like Lori was the only one who raised her hand and then Tracy said she did one or part of one today. Um, so, of course, I can't see everyone because some, some of you have muted video. But if you it didn't do any of the forgiveness letters, of course, don't judge yourself for that. That's not helpful. Uh, but the thing is to really be looking at what what's the delay you know just really look at are there things you know and i understand it trust me because it can feel like sometimes you know i'd have to drink a whole pot of coffee and you know carb up in order to have the fortitude right to write one of these letters 
But, you know, here's I'll just give you a little tip about things like that that the ego just does not want to do. <clears throat> and you may have heard me talk about this. So when I lived in Los Angeles, um, one of, I hated to organize. I still do. Uh, I, I just don't like organizing all the papers and doing the filing and the things like the cleaning out of the drawers and all that stuff. And, and um, so um, I have a tendency to just like sweep a whole bunch of things into a suitcase and put it in the closet and say, I'll deal with that later. But at least now everything looks tidy, right? And so um, I periodically what I would do is I'd say, okay, this day, this Saturday, this Sunday, this weekend, I'm going to focus on getting all these things organized and, and cleaned out and cleared out and done. And so I would get a few movies that I really was interested in watching. And what I would do is I'd say, okay, I'm going to set my timer that I'm going to do this work for like 25 minutes, let's say, literally like 25 minutes. I'm setting my timer. I'm going to do the work for 25 minutes while I'm listening to Donna Summer Disco, you know, or, you know, the Bee Gees or some, you know, disco really, you know, that driving disco beat. And, um, and I, and at the, when my timer would go off, I'd say, okay, I can watch the movie now for 25 minutes. And I'd say, but before I go to watch the movie, can I do another five minutes, another 10? And then I'd say, yes, I think I can, but I wouldn't set the timer. And, and then I'd just do whatever I did and then go watch my movie for 25 minutes. And then, I'd go back and put on the disco music and go back and get the work done. And so it was, a, you know, and I'd order takeout or whatever, my favorite restaurant or something. And so it was a, you know, way of um, making it balanced with fun activities and uh, rewards and things like that. So that, that really worked for me. So maybe for some people, it's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to write this forgiveness, these forgiveness letters, and then I'm going to a double feature movie, and I'm going to my favorite place for dinner, and I'm going to have ice cream for dessert, and there will be no guilt. I'm, you know, rewarding myself for good behavior. Not that we have to do that, but it can be helpful. Jeannie? So I have a question uh, for Lori, and did it take you 90 minutes per each one? Because I'm thinking that's over 11 hours if we went through these. I think you can take whatever time you need, um, but I'll tell you, I did about two or three a day. So I would just take it on. I mean, I had the list. I had the checklist, and I just said, okay, and I write my resentments, and then I'd write, and then I'd go, and I'd, if I had time for giving my regret. And then I just write about the regret and it just, so I just, I wanted it done before class. So I gave myself a week and then just really, you know, just really um, delved into it. I, uh, I tell you guys, I'm not kidding. There is just such a miracle happening. It is just so cool because like I was just looking at this one on, um, it's called uh, my forgiving my my doubt, 
and why I became so doubtful because the reason why I rejoined Masterful Living too is because I got into the same rhythm of doubting myself. I mean, everything I said and did, I started to think I was kind of losing it. I turned 60. I was questioning, everybody was questioning me. And, and the more my ego said, you should doubt yourself, the more others doubted me. And, um, and so when I walked back into my, my little life as a little girl, and I walked from, you know, I, 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 this is what I said. I said, I had to double down to make up for my family's character flaws. I got a lot of education. It wasn't enough. I dressed to the ninth. It wasn't enough. I watched what I said and how I said it. It wasn't enough. I remarried an educated, nice man. It wasn't enough. I worked hard to be a good mother. It wasn't enough. So anyway, and I walked on, I walked through why I decided, why I got to the point in December that I was absolutely at the end of my rope to how am I going to give up my doubt with, with the struggle that I was having because I was just deciding I was going to sleep. So I took a ton of naps during the day because I couldn't be with it anymore. And, but, but even through Masterful Living, I've been committed, okay, I'm going to do Masterful Living 1 because I want to get the aspirations and I want to get the intentions because I know how important they are. But until I did this particular piece, I didn't put it together, um, the simplicity or the complication, whichever I choose. Um, but, um, you know, I, every time I finished my letters, I just said, I am placing this on the altar and I expect a miracle healing and I will feel free of all self-doubt. But it was, and then that part, took over and then I put it into my aspiration because definitely want to absolutely rid all self-doubt. So I hope that helps, Jeannie. Yeah, thank you. So it just, that's what I just did. I just got really, but gosh, after doing about two of them, I realized, hey, Jennifer's on to something here. This is, this is going to be, so every day I look forward to getting more and more, um, forgiven you know to more and more uh i just i i really <laughs> thank you all right i want to jump into a breakout here can i say one thing yeah. <laughs> um because i have been doing forgiveness letters for years and i actually didn't find them helpful and it wasn't until i just did only my self-forgiveness that everything seemed to let go and when we had that big moon the other you know couple of weeks ago and i think you suggested that we do the letter i think it was that night even i just wrote i wrote all of the, every all of the resentments all of that stuff that i had for other people i just a hundred percent owned it like you say we're a hundred percent responsible for everything so I just did it all of it to myself and burned it and it, it it has changed my life. So I just offer that as an alternative to doing everyone it, it, it is an alternative. That's all. As an alternative. Well, I mean, I didn't do them for other people. I stopped doing them for other people, like to try to forgive other people. 
I, I just didn't see, I didn't see it working for me. Yeah, exactly. That, that's why I always say start with the self-forgiveness. Because usually when people start with the self, always when people start with the self-forgiveness, they realize, oh, it's not about forgiving anybody else. Thank you, Laurel. All right, so we're going to go into a breakout here. We don't have a, a huge amount of time left. But what I'd like to invite you to share in the breakout is where you are with doing these forgiveness letters, just authentically sharing where you are with them. And, and then the other thing is what you're looking at for your contract this year. Um, so we did the, um, the visioning there in the year one class. And we can do a visioning in this class um, for sure. Uh, it's, it's really, we can do it uh, next week if people would like to do that. Uh, or you can listen to uh, the visioning from um, last week in year one. So that would have been February 5th, I believe. Um, all right, so these are the two things I'm inviting you to talk about in the breakout. Where you are with doing these forgiveness letters, where you are with your contract for the year, how you're feeling about it. Any questions before we go to uh, breakout? All right, so um, what I'm going to do is uh, uh, we're going to do about four minutes uh, per person and um here we go uh, this takes a moment oh All right, so here we go. I'm going to unmute everyone. You need to click on the, um, the thing there. All right, so... Uh, we're at time here, but I, I just, does anybody have anything, any, any aha or insight that came through just now from that or from the class that they'd like to share before we close out? Ginny. I have to go. Oh, you got to go. Okay. I have to go. I've got to get Nike out before it gets dark. So, okay. Real quick. Okay. Any, uh, anybody have anything they'd like to share before we close out? This happy people, that's what I see. Happy, shiny people. It's lovely. What a blessing. I love to see you all in gallery view. This is so nice. All right. Well. Uh, 
what a couple of things um like i said to the year one folks oh do, do, would you like us to do the visioning for the contract next week or would you like to you do it on your own and use the uh recording from the year one class uh, uh recording do you want to use the recording okay so um I, I really am requesting everybody, I want a contract, I'd like a contract from everyone. And you don't have to send it in by next week, but let's, there's no reason why you can't do it by the end of the month, right? So let's get it to me by the end of the month. Um, and uh, we have class next week, but not the week after. So we're two weeks on, one week off. And there's a few anomalies, but we're getting everything plugged into the Google Calendar so you can plan your whole year. And uh, I'm going to do my best to stick to that schedule. Um, so in writing your contract, you can do the life visioning in the audio last week from year one, which is in their podcast. If you need any help getting the year one podcast, uh, Angela can help you. We have, you know, the written instructions. We have video instructions. We've got all kinds of instructions. And Angela would love to connect with you and walk you through it if you'd like that. Um, and I also would like you to write the, uh, what you'd like to say to me one year from now and email that to me, please. What would you like to say to me one year from now? How would you like to feel? You've done your activation sessions, and so you know what the the challenge is that you are uh, giving to spirit this year. And um, we're going to be starting the acceleration sessions in the coming weeks. And so you'll be making those appointments. And we also... I uh, I sent a survey today about the study buddies. So we're going to do study buddies. And uh, if you can fill out that survey, uh, I'll just take you a few minutes. If you could fill that out today, please. Lori? Just wanted to let you know that I tried to submit, and the submit button didn't work. So I okay. filled it out, and then down at the bottom, I pushed that submit, and nothing happened did it a couple of times so would you email admin about that I did. I did great thank you um all right anybody else fill it out by any chance just wondered if anybody else had an issue all right let's oh and i do encourage you um not this coming monday uh, year one, we, we, we're going to do a Q&A next week, actually, and we're going to just wrap up some of the contract stuff and things like that, talk about the study buddies. And then the week after, they're going to have a community call on the last Monday, no, on the first Monday in March. And then um, we're going to go into the prayer power classes in year one. I really feel it's valuable to review those and we will be doing uh, a little bit later we're going to do uh, a prayer power part two 
Prayer Power Part Two. And um, yeah, and I'm going to give a book, but you've got enough writing to do now with your forgiveness letters and focus on that rather than reading any books or anything like that. All right. We're getting it done this year. We're at, we're really bringing on the breakthroughs. This is, we're becoming miracle minded like never before. We're, we're doing it. So I'm very grateful and thankful to affirm that. Grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to the very highest possibilities of love unfolding for us. What I know is we're claiming our miracles. We're truly opening ourselves to the unlimited, to the unprecedented. We're letting go the past, the guilt, the resentment, the regret, the blame, the shame. We're letting all of that investment go and we're consciously living a life of love sharing the benefits with all we let it be and so it is amen 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 yay god thank you so much Mwah. bye for now <laughs> Thanks, Jennifer. Love you so much.